This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen. So hello and welcome back to our Be Well podcast. I'm Becca Walker, your host, and I'm joined here today by another panel of guests for today's episode to discuss mental health and the importance of prioritising it today, tomorrow and every day. So before we start, can I go around each of you to introduce yourself to our listeners, telling us who you are and why you joined us today. Um, so Bex, can we start with you? Hi, my name's Bex. My pronouns are she, her, and I work within the student experience team. Hi, I'm Otilia and I am a fourth year and I study English with creative writing and my pronouns are she, her. I am Lutheria, I am a third year and I study biomedical sciences with molecular biology and my pronouns are also she, her. Great, thanks guys and thanks so much for joining me. I'm really looking forward to today's episode. So mental health affects all aspects of our life and affects how we think, feel and act. We all have mental health and it is measured on a continuum, spanning from mentally well to mentally ill. And we all fall somewhere along that continuum and we move along it continually throughout our lives. Unlike mental well-being, not everyone has mental ill health and it's really important to know the difference. So what would you guys say are the main differences between mental well-being and mental ill health? And is there any key things that we should be looking out for in ourselves or each other? I think it's necessary to understand that even people that are considered mentally ill can be, can have a well-being. Like everyone can be happy for a few days in a row, but we need to understand that there is a difference between emotions and disease. I think that there is a really big misconception about what a mental disease is, especially due to the fact that for so many centuries it was in the back and it wasn't even classified as mental disease i think i just also want to add that like it's i think it's also very important to like understand that being sad for a few days does not mean that you're depressed and i think there's a really important thing to make a distinction between those two i would like to add that it's okay for everyone to see a therapist there is still so many bias out there and there is still so many misconception like based on what Otilia said some people are sad for certain amounts of times and they're not sure what this means. It's so difficult to judge based on the fact that there are not so many evidences. Recently on one of my courses we learned that they deny a lot of mental health drugs and research and they do not go in more research and clinical trials because there's still a lot of bias. Even in the scientific domain, there are so many burdens that are still need to be crossed in order to fully make a picture and understand how and what mental health works. So I agree with uh, nearly everything that's been said here. Uh, For me, I think the difference is that mental ill health is medical, it's a condition, it's an illness, there's diagnosis, and mental well-being is about taking care of yourself. It's about looking after yourself the same way you'd look after your body. Yeah, definitely. And like for me, what what kind of I, I feel personally is that like mental well-being is more about how you feel and your ability to cope with the ups and downs that come every day with life. Whereas mental ill health is a range of conditions that can affect your mood. Um, 
or behaviour and it, I guess it can be diagnosed and undiagnosed and that's where the, the continuum comes into play that and even if you do have um, mental ill health, maybe you do have an underlying condition that has been diagnosed, you, you do still move up and down that continuum, um, ranging from mentally well to feeling mentally unwell again. Um, so it is really important to know the difference and that everyone, whether you have like a diagnosed mental health condition or you don't, that we all move up and down that continuum. And I guess like the term mentally healthy, we're hearing it so much more in today's society. So I just, and you know, particularly during the pandemic as well, it's something that we've heard a lot, um, you know, keeping yourself mentally healthy. So I wondered what the term mentally healthy means to you and uh, what are some things that you guys do to try and keep yourself mentally healthy? Um, personally, like, um, I try to understand myself and listen to what I'm feeling that day. For example, like, if I'm feeling sad, I don't need to be, like, overly happy or I don't need to, like, compensate for that sadness. But it's the same, like, if I'm feeling happy, like, I can feel happy. And I could just, like, listen to myself and respect what I'm feeling and then kind of co- go from, like, there. I think that's a very basic thing that I, like, listen to just my feelings I think that's the basic level and then you can obviously add a lot of things on top of it and so for me personally um I didn't prioritize my mental health being mentally healthy and well-being for the longest time and it was actually during 2020 when everything got changed and I joined this job within the university that I actually started to focus on my mental health um because before that it wasn't a priority for me it wasn't something I considered um so for me it's about recognizing and validating my own feelings. So even if I'm having a down day, it's okay to have that down day. It doesn't mean that it's gonna, my, my life is ruined. It doesn't mean anything bad is happening. It doesn't mean, sorry, it doesn't mean that, um, you know, it's the end of the world or anything like that. I can, I can have those feelings and they're validated. And if something's annoying me, I'm allowed to be annoyed. If something's making me happy, I should enjoy that happiness. If, you know, if something makes me angry, I'm allowed to be angry. And it's kind of coming to terms with the fact that those emotions, those feelings, they're valid and giving myself that priority to have those feelings. For me, being mentally healthy means that I get to wake up in the morning with no thoughts in my head whatsoever. That's I get to wake up and I do not have to stress about things, that I do not have to second think about my actions and that I feel accepted. And it becomes more prevalent as time passes and I get more into being an adult and having a lot of things in my head and not feeling okay all the time, that it's good to go back and think of things that actually fill me what gives me fulfillment and what gives me meaning as a person is what makes me healthy. Because health is something so different for all of us and everyone has different happy memories. And it's so easy to focus on the negative things when it's all you're surrounded for. Like you have the energy to do things that you enjoy and the energy to wake up in the morning or go to uni and kind of like go through your life and not get stuck at like the simplest, like little things. Because I've, for example, I've experienced that I can't even just like make breakfast and then try to like change my clothing or like that kind of stuff. So I feel like that's also very important is to be like have the energy to do things that you need to do, but also the energy to do things that you want to do. Yeah, I I completely agree. And I really like how you've described that about 
energy um, and motivation to be able to to get up and perform daily tasks and if someone is really struggling with their mental health that can be really really difficult for someone to do like the smallest task can be can seem like such a mountain and um, for someone to climb and I do I do believe that mentally healthy as well like some what you guys were saying as well is is different for for every person um what you determine is healthy within yourself and that's fine there there is no right and wrong answer it's about how you feel and I guess it's a little bit about like resilience as well and how you can react to situations that come up in the day um so yeah it really is like something unique for everyone and it's like I think it was you that said that it's about identifying those feelings in yourself and all, all feeling all feelings are valid and yeah it's it's fine to, ha- to have a down day Every, everyone has a down day but it's also like take someone really strong to recognize it's fine that I'm having a down day today and just to try and be really kind to yourself as well because it can be really easy to let that you know eat up inside you that I'm not having a, a great day and then kind of everything seems to spiral and then you're maybe not feeling great within yourself and then maybe a piece of coursework becomes a bit more challenging than it normally would have so I think when you have those days like that it's okay to to say yeah I'm having a bad day and just take that time away to refresh and recharge and hopefully the next day things will be a little bit lighter for you I think another thing um one of the most important things actually I feel in terms of looking after your mental well-being is putting yourself first and and sometimes that can be saying no to someone and that is often doesn't come naturally to people like I think generally most people are generally quite willing and keen and it's like oh yes I can do that but I just wondered if like have you guys ever had like a personal experience of having to put yourself first and say no to someone and what was the outcome of that situation really? Well, personally, I'm currently going through this phase of not wanting to go out or like partying because I experienced few panic attacks at clubs or whatever. So that kind of ruined the party scene for me personally for a while. But I think it's really important to like have the people around you who like respects that you don't want to go partying or you don't want to go clubbing because or even just like go for a coffee day. It's really like it's that shows that they appreciate you as a person and then that is like they also respect your like well-being and especially if you have experienced something like panic attacks or like anxiety or depression they like will kind of help you with the like going through and like understand and respect i've learned in my relationships that it's always nice to be nice to your friends and do favors to them And I feel like what you learned, especially as a kid, is that you need to be helpful. But more and more, I try to force myself to say no for things that I actually don't want. Especially in university, that you have to be with so many different people every day that you don't have to get along with all of them. Sometimes you should not force yourself in social situations, whether this is... uh, anything given from your friend group even to your course you should not force yourself to any social situation that makes you feel less of yourself and i'm currently trying to learn to say no to my interpersonal relationships because i feel that for me it's something very hard to do to not give happiness to someone i've learned that i have to be nice to 
So I'm kind of going to bring this back to the current situation with COVID. Um, but for me, I have a lot of COVID related anxieties. Um, I have got an immune deficiency, so I've been very at high risk throughout the whole pandemic. And it's not necessarily me saying no, but it's me recognizing I need to deal with that. So one of the things that's been happening is I'm very lucky in where I currently work that my management team have been very supportive. and. I've been accommodated very well in terms of the home working policy, but also taking more time off during being sick and and uh, taking longer lunch breaks to have a walk for my mental health and then working different hours that aren't the usual nine to five. And that was something I had to ask for. And it's actually the first time I'm 30 years old and it's the first time I've ever actually disclosed my medical condition to an employer. And that actually felt me made me feel very empowered in that moment. But it was saying, no, I can't do a nine to five. No, I can't come in all these days. And I'm very supported. But it's also uh, to another side of that on a personal level. Um, happening this week uh, a relative of mine is getting married and it's 12 hours away from here and I, I was planning to go I RSVP'd yes I'm happy I'm happy to to visit and, and see everyone but as the time's gone closer my anxieties has flared up about traveling that far going down to England where the rules are different and then being in a big group of people and suddenly I became very very scared about going down there with my health condition and I had to say no I, I can't go I'm really sorry I know it's your wedding but I can't make it and I actually got a bit of negative feedback from some people within my family for not going but it was recognizing that actually no I do need to prioritize myself over you right now and and that was like it was it was the anxieties of actually finding out what they were going to say and I kind of felt like I was going to get a negative response and then when I did get the negative response it did feel like a punch in the gut that I had to like that I impacted someone negatively and then and then and then I had to deal with that um but it's come to terms now with the fact that but I I needed to do what was right for me yeah I I completely agree with what you guys are saying and I think like saying no sometimes to someone um, in a certain situation is a really, really brave thing to do. It's really brave um, to be able to identify that I'm, I'm not comfortable in that situation. I think a lot of it um, comes down to like your friendship circles and stuff as well. Like if you have that relationship with your friends, like, you know, everyone will, I guess, feel like if they say, no, I don't want to do that. Um, then there's always the fear that like, oh, well, she always says no, so I'm not going to invite her to come again. And like, that's definitely not the right way that people should be approaching that. Like if someone says no to, for example, going on a night out or something like that, then uh, they should still, you know, that's fine. They're valid to say no, because they could have any issue going on. They might just not want to go out that time, you know, with the, all the rules changing and stuff with, with COVID, definitely like anxiety is something which I never thought I, I didn't really experience or really suffer from until the pandemic, you know, when you're stuck inside and you've been told to stay indoors. And then when we were told to cut, that we could come back to work to welcome our new students in, I was like, oh yeah, that's perfect. Like really looking forward to it, I'll, I'll be in work. And then suddenly that day came and I was just like, I can't, like, I can't go. Like, I just, I just can't come. And, you know, I was obviously really supported by my employer and yeah, I've managed to work, work through that and, you know, get back into the office and it's great. But I think it is okay, like, to speak out about that and actually say, like, why, like, the, the reason behind it as well. And sometimes it's also okay not to say why as well, because it's a personal thing with yourself. I guess what I'm trying to say is, like, if you say no to someone that you don't want to go out or no sorry I can't I don't feel I can do that just now that 
hopefully we have good friendship groups and they're compassionate and understanding and then the next time they're planning a night out or planning a day away or planning an activity you still get that invite because your feelings um might change and be different on that day as well so I think it's really important for us to be able to say no but for also to feel supported by our our friends and our family when we do because we're looking after ourselves and ultimately that's the most important thing like I always say like if we don't look after ourselves we can't support any of our friends families peers who are maybe going through a hard time because we are then going through a hard time because we've not looked after ourselves if you know what I mean um so I guess another thing that I feel sometimes gets overlooked is the importance and the power of self-care in terms of like taking time away from your work or your study to look after your well-being and it is recommended to have at least 30 minutes a day um where you fully switch off and you just focus on refreshing and recharging and I just wondered is self-care that something you guys make a priority is it something that you schedule into your busy lives um and do you think it impacts your resilience uh, so as I mentioned, I only really started um, taking care of my well-being really in 2020 and since then. And for me, it's little things like taking a walk in the middle of the day, which is something I never used to do. And I now I take two hours off at lunch and then I work later on in the in the evening uh, instead. And those hours suit me better for my, for my abilities at work. Um, but it's also things like I have set days, so Sunday's my day, so my wife and I, we both have Sundays as our days. Not necessarily together, but you know, Sunday she'll go and game with her friends online and I spend that time with me. I take a book to a, co- to a cafe and I enjoy that time to myself. And again, it's only something we've really started doing since 2020, but having that day where it's like I'm cancelling on anyone who invites me out on a Sunday, I'm basically saying no because that's my time. But then also we're a little bit more... Um, like like just before I joined this podcast actually we were talking about you know what we haven't had a date in about a month let's do that we're having we're having rubbish times right now let's just spend a day where it's just us we switch off our phones (laughs) we don't we don't do anything and we just focus on us two and being together in our relationship and things like that as well has become a priority in my my own mental well-being is spending that time with the people I want to spend time with and so I've been a lot more consistent in knowing like that's my time and that's things for me and I think that's that's important. I personally prefer not to put calendar notifications on my self-care because I feel like it gives me an extra stress that I have to take the day off and that I have to add it as part of my routine and part of my schedule. I prefer to wake up on a sunny morning and decide that you know what Today we're gonna we're gonna walk to the beach. We're gonna go for ice cream, and I think that no matter how everyone plans their self care outs, because it's okay to have a different way to plan how you wanna take care of yourself. At the end of the day, it's yourself. But no matter what, you need to focus on yourself because nobody else is gonna be there for you. You first need to be there for you. I think we've all mentioned going on a walk so I personally also like going outside has really like changed the way I feel because honestly like before this year I haven't really like thought about like how fresh air and like seeing the sun makes you feel like I'm from the north from Finland and during winter we get about five hours of sunlight so like crapping like those little 
sun rays if you even get those at all like I think that's like that has really changed like my mental health but like right now here in Aberdeen exercising unfortunately is also something that like makes you feel infinitely better about like everything like you always get like endorphins and stuff like that but it just like creates also a routine like personally a routine for me works out the best like I wake up at the same time I go to bed at the same time and I go to gym I have my dance classes or like things like that if I tell myself I need to exercise in this time it will put me out of it because it's something I don't want to do I don't enjoy exercise I don't get anything out of it when I when I do do it and so if I say to myself I'm going to the gym my mental um, well-being I won't go. it's okay but I love walking the, my dog like, and I could really go for hours and hours and hours walking so I need to, to like, go to your garden I to, like, to go the way I thought in my head like, like you know this is my exercise I don't need to birds, I'm not a failure because I'm not going to the gym because that's not my need that's not my way of exercising it doesn't work for me it puts me in a bad mood where obviously for other people going for that going for that run or that walk puts them in a really good mood and so for me yeah it's just interesting how we're all very different and how we we all need certain things and maybe exercise is one of those but I have to say it to myself in a way where it impacts me positively not negatively and changing that and knowing that I'm not a failure because I'm not getting up at six in the morning to go to the gym because I'm getting up at six in the morning to go for a two-hour walk with my dog and that's fine too I think yeah like that's true like I think it's like personally I only realized the importance of exercising once I discovered that I like dancing which was in the beginning of uni and before that I was just like no I don't think the gym does nothing but now I've kind of like I've fallen in love with like exercising because I don't really consider dancing as an exercise it's more of like a I don't know like an art form or like you know doing like a nice thing for yourself but another thing a really really random thing that makes me feel better is ice water swimming this summer my girlfriend and I we went for the first time to like ice water swimming and that just like everything I could not feel anything else and that like for the rest of the week I felt great I felt so good but that's a bit of an extreme example of uh, <laughs> like being there for yourself. I think that based on all of that, we can highlight that something different works for everyone and that we should not listen to advice from the internet or from our friends, but become something that works for us. Personally, even though in the topic of exercise, I love it. Like, yes, I would love to run around and give me any type of ball and I would play any type of game and every type of sport. I think that I prefer arts and I prefer to listen to music, write music, draw something. And that's okay. Because if it's something that makes you feel okay, you do not need to hear anyone else's advice but yourselves. Yeah, like I have to say I completely agree and I, I really like um, how naturally when we're all talking about the things that we do um, for our self-care that, that everyone is so different and, and that is really nice. So I hope for anyone, any of our listeners who are listening and thinking about, oh, I don't really do like anything proper self-care wise or anything like that or, but it like you say, like it doesn't matter what you do as long as it makes you feel better and you're doing something for you whether it is I'm having a day to myself or I want to catch up with a friend that you know that all counts as self-care like that social interaction and stuff is really good as well and if you are maybe struggling with anything or worried about something or concerned like going out for a walk with a friend or having just a chat with a friend can can often make you feel like in a better place as well just because you've spoken to someone about that so I think it's really important to highlight like the support a support network as well and 
you know in terms of like your self-care and like however it works like some people do like to to schedule it in and there's also a fine line um I do schedule in self-care into like my my day um and I add it into like my calendar or my diary or whatever so I know like what I'm doing when but on the flip side that can be a little bit overwhelming as well like when you look at your day and it just looks like so busy um and there's something like there every single hour and then if you I don't know something takes you a little bit longer then you're late for something and then that can be anxiety inducing and and stuff as well so I do like to schedule it in but part of me has changed a little bit that I'm like I don't need to like that's making me a little bit anxious looking at my to-do list for the day and adding an extra thing on so it is it's whatever works for you and like whatever helps you cope healthily with the things in your life and you can trial and error things as well so you can do something and see if that worked for you and then like the next day it might not work for you and and yeah that's okay and that's kind of what you guys have been saying anyway and I suppose I just want to touch a little bit on how like university life in general so obviously like being a student in university life can be can be stressful there'll be times where all of us at university will feel a little bit overwhelmed and a little bit stressed out and here at the University of Aberdeen we are really lucky that we have a lot of support services for our students so at this point I kind of just want to cut across to Bex because she works at the university just to tell us a little bit more about the services that we have available at the university to support our students. I did both my degrees at Aberdeen University and now I'm a staff member and looking back I wish I reached out more and took advantage of what was what was available so I want to start by saying that like it is something there for you to go to and use it and don't feel like you're because I think a lot of people feel they are going to be a nuisance for coming forward to ask for help and that's not the case at all it is there for you so we obviously have the student support services which are open for everyone. They're a great team who are your first point of call for anything that you might need. We have a counselling service which offer um, one at a time counselling service sessions and um, so they're there for you when you need them. So we also have the um, student helpline which is there for you and the confidential report tool so if there's anything that you need to report and you don't know how that's obviously there as well. I would recommend looking at the support and well-being webpage on the website because that does list all the support services we have and there is support in there um, as well for specific groups of people or specific uh, things that you might need so have a look in there and for more detailed but if your first point of call the student support services are definitely there for you. Thank you, Bex. That's really helpful to hear of all the services that we have to support everyone. And I think that that's the key thing. Like, don't be afraid to to reach out. Um, when I was at university as well, like I had no idea of the support that I could have got. I think it's quite easy at university to feel like you're to feel like you're alone and to feel like you're the only person feeling that the way you do. And more often than not, you aren't. Sorry, I just thought, I know this is obviously uh, more aimed at students, but there are staff who will be listening as well. So I just want to reach out and say there's actually like a lot of support on the website for staff. And that's been used by myself and my wife quite recently, and it's been very supportive. So I would recommend for staff as well to also don't, feel, don't be afraid to, to reach out and take advantage of that too. Yeah, definitely. And that, that is so important as well. And it, it kind of comes back to what we were saying at the start as well. Like if you um, don't, 
um, put your own mental health first and look after yourself and seek the support that, that you need, um, we're not going to be in the best place to help and support others, whether that be your friends or other students or as a staff member supporting our students as well. So I guess it is just really important to prioritise you. Obviously, there's a lot of times when people don't feel they need something right now and they f- like that it's something that you might need in the future. And also just to keep an eye on things like there was obviously the student life Facebook and Instagram page. There's the newsletter as well that comes out every couple of a couple of weeks. And this all contains information on support services as well. And it's also things that have like events and opportunities because a lot of the time knowing that there's somewhere else to go for these services beyond just support services, but things like careers and events that can all help your well-being as well to, to look at what supports available for your full holistic life as a student. Yeah, definitely. And in that social aspect as well of your well-being, like shouldn't be um, underrated. There, there really is something about connecting with others and being there face to face and interacting. And that's something that we've all lacked in the pandemic, really. At this point, I guess, like, you know, we finished on the support services. I think that's a really nice way to end the podcast. So I would like to thank you guys so much for joining me. I hope that our discussions today if we have any of our listeners who are maybe struggling or feeling a little bit alone that they feel a little bit less alone now and they feel um, that they're able to reach out for support if they need it. More information on the support services available are on our university website. Um, I think that's said under support and well-being. So I would just like to thank you guys for um, tuning in and listening. I hope you enjoyed the episode. Take care and I will see you next time. This podcast is brought to you by the University of Aberdeen.